Welcome to Style Zephyr, a lifestyle podcast brought to you by the Alec Bradley Cigar Company. Live true and celebrate each other. Music provided by Grammy Award winner Ulysses Owens Jr. And now your host, Kevin Quinn. Howdy there, folks, and welcome to this brand new episode of Style Zephyr and a brand new interview over at Style Zephyr HD. Happy fall, I guess. Uh, the sun has not shown in a few days here in Chicago. Uh, nice and gloomy, nice and wet and rainy and nice weather to kind of cuddle up with a cocktail and a good cigar and chill out with your old buddy, Kevin. Not a problem because I've got you taken care of. Hopefully you're all having uh, as healthy and as happy days as you can. It's clearance uh, sales season right now with uh, many of your local brick and mortar. So help, uh, let's you know help everybody else out and support your community and shop locally. If you need a brand new pair of shoes, maybe a new rain jacket or even an umbrella with the way that this weather has been right now. For today's episode, super stoked and incredibly excited once again to have an amazingly unique guest and individual with me. I've got the pleasure of having Mr. Ulysses Owens Jr. described as a powerhouse of a showman. Uh, Ulysses is an amazing jazz musician and uh, gave me the opportunity to sit down with him and chat uh, music, uh, training, collaboration, education. Uh, Ulysses is not, uh, he's not only a Grammy winner, but he's worn so many different recognitions uh, and enormously uh, successful discography and uh, all the various artists that he's worked with in the past and kind of sat down with me and we got to talk jazz appreciation as something to kind of sit down and mellow out and maybe something to kind of, uh, you know, work and uh, refresh the brain with how some folks that I know do cross puzzles or Sudoku. Uh, jazz is just a nice little, you know, even if you do it for background music. So uh, Ulysses was uh, kind enough also and very generous to allow his musical uh, talent to be uh, lent my way. Uh, his music is also going to be starring as the uh, main theme as well as occasionally the outro for Style Zephyr. So uh, this interview was very graciously facilitated and helped out with by Alec Bradley Cigar. Uh, the uh, premier sponsor and have been for a few years, uh, a family company out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, they are a company that provides a product that brings people together. So uh, enormously grateful to Alec Bradley and the whole crew down at the uh, down at the company. And uh, yeah, give them a look as well, alecbradley.com. Uh, some brand new blends from Alec and Bradley, uh, the namesakes of the company, their brand new blend, the Kintsugi. You've also got Blind Faith and uh, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is one of the best cigars I've smoked in a long time. I stopped at Benny's the other day and uh, I picked up a few American Sun Growns and some, uh, I think they had a Black Market Esteli. Great smokes. So we're going to jump right on into it. Not going to waste any more time. Uh, thank you all again, once again, for tuning in, and let's get this show on the road. All families have new generations, and stories have new chapters, and Alec Bradley invites you to join theirs. Blind Faith is the first release under the Alec and Bradley subsection of Alec Bradley Cigar Company. Blind Faith features three different filler tobaccos from Esteli, a silky smooth wrapper from our proprietary farm in Trojas, double binder combination from Honduras and Nicaragua with a rich and full flavor. Allow Alec and Bradley Rubin to bring a new experience, beginner or connoisseur, with Blind Faith. 
find it at alecandbradley.com. Proudly paired with Style Zephyr to be true to you. Admit it, you've fallen into the Pinterest wormhole so many times, it's not even funny. Okay, it's a little funny. Those fail photos couldn't have been further from the original. But your next project doesn't have to be a fail. At DIY Vinci, we curate kits for you with step-by-step -step instructions and video tutorials. Or if you're just looking for art supplies or even home decor, we've got that too. Discover what you could DIY at www.diyvinci.com. Your masterpiece starts here. Howdy there, folks. Welcome to this brand new episode of Style Zephyr and Style Zephyr HD. I have got a long-awaited, long-time-in-the-making uh, episode for you. Um, when you just when you're talking about style and we want to talk about the the panache and the jazz of a nice suit or a nice cocktail, you want to get some ambiance going on, and uh, not only that, but also great company. And I happen to have both. Uh, we're talking music, we're talking jazz, and we're talking incredibly talented folks today. I have got the pleasure and privilege of Mr. Ulysses Owens Jr. Ulysses, thank you so much for being on board the Zephyr with me today. Thank you for having me, man. I'm honored. Not a, not a problem. The honor is mine. We're going to jump right in into this um, cool. so folks can light up a cigar and have a cocktail and listen to some <laughs> sick tunes. It's all good. Um, so like I said, we're going to be talking about jazz, and like what fascinates me about it is just the composition of it and also your career and everything that goes on into it. So um, to get on into it, if you could introduce yourself and kind of a little bit about your background, where you come from, and um, a synopsis of career-wise. Cool, man. So my name is, again, Ulysses Owens Jr. I started out just being a jazz drummer. and Really, I would say even a gospel drummer. Um, but then I moved to New York City at age of 18. Uh, thankfully, was accepted to the Juilliard School and their inaugural jazz program. And so after that, I graduated in 2006. And then I started traveling the world. And, and probably one of the first great artists that I had a chance to tour with was the great Kurt Allen, who's a wonderful jazz vocalist and friend. And uh, within the first year of working with Kurt, I was fortunate to record on his record dedicated to you, and we won a Grammy. So that was the first time I had been part of something with the Grammy Association. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then from moving on with Kurt, I had a chance to continue to work with him and also many others like Winter Marsalis and Nicholas Payton. But probably one of the bigger artists that I've, I've kind of created a long-term relationship with is the great Christian McBride. And uh, I was fortunate to be part of his big band and his quintet and his world-renowned trio. And so um, playing with those guys, again, that early part of my career, I was just really focusing on being a drummer, being an artist. And after that, uh, working with Christian, I was able to uh, get, I think, three, at least three more Grammy nominations and won a Grammy with him uh, as part of his big band. And that's when I started transitioning to just being a drummer to saying, okay, man, like, I really have something to say, and I started really getting serious about education. So I was no longer just Ulysses Owens, the jazz drummer. I became the drummer and the educator. Also during that time of working with Christian, I started getting asked to work with a lot of different artists as a producer. So then I formed my production company, which is now about 10 years old, UOJ Productions. And so that's been really cool. So I've you know produced probably to date about 50 records from artists around the world. And uh, so then it went from being a drummer, educator, and then producer, and then the thing that I've been adding to my educational resume now are two things is being a writer. I'm now a published author. I have a new book that just came out last month under the Howell Leonard Publishing Company. Uh, it's called Jazz Brushes for the Modern Drummer, Essential Guide to the Art of Keeping Time. And then I'm excited to release my first music business career development book in January. 
um, called the Musician's Career Guide. And so now I'm, nice. I'm a writer and then obviously I'm a philanthropist as well. I have a foundation mm-hmm. here in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where I've been actually living. I'm embarrassed to say it now because we're at the front line, <laughs> front page of the news because there's been some interesting decisions that are being made by our government and our mayor, but uh, we're going to get through it. But anyway, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, but I've lived in New York for over 20 years and I continue to go back and forth between the two cities. I haven't actually been back to New York since uh, COVID, you know, shelter at home orders. Sure. So I haven't been in New York in, in, since March. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, at this point in my life, I, I wanted to be more than a drummer. I wanted to be able to create a body of work that uh, really fed multiple passions within me. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm really driven about just, you know, making sure everything I do is excellent and, and, and is crafted well, because I feel like we're living in a day and time where you have a lot of artists who everybody's just outputting, you know, putting out a lot of content. But my desire is to really make sure my content has a level of skill and mastery to it. So yeah. I'm really always working hard, practicing, writing, retooling, you know, taking lessons and just always trying to be better because I feel like the true worth of an artist is, is the highest level of, that they can get to. And with that high level, they then can impact people deeper uh, and truer. So anyway, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it, it's huge. Uh, it's awesome. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. Um, I I have like some of like the outline for like the questions and the topics and whatnot. Sure. But a personal psychological bone that I have to pick with jazz yeah. is like to deep dive it and understanding yeah. it. So like I'll listen to a lot of forties junction on Sirius XM, yeah. and it's like these the artists back then like they would make quirky and catchy songs out of yeah. the goofiest subject matter. But yeah, it's when you. When I think about the structure of a jazz song, and I think when it comes to a lot of people who don't like jazz, what is it about the structure and if it's the instrumentals of jazz that helps you, that you maybe that you that intrigues you, that interests you, and helps you to actually form what you consider is a song? Like, is it emotional? Is it psychological? Um, it's right. like my like my mom who does Sudoku because it keeps her mind yeah. active, right. and so on. Right. What was it for you that that got it sunk a, like a hook into you? Like what was it about jazz? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. I mean, I, I'll, the first thing I'll say is everything is not for everybody, right? Like you know, you talked earlier before the call started about you're into master tailoring, right? And you're making custom suits. Well, not everybody wants that. There are most people that go to Burlington or TJ Maxx or some store and they buy something off the rack. Some of them don't even get it tailored. They just put it on, right? Then you have those of of us who contact someone like you to really get a custom made suit. Then you have some people who have the means to be able to have a whole company make, you know, everything that touches their body is made. The thing about jazz is that it's something that is not for the average mind. And what's unfortunate is that pop music is always been for popular people. And what happens is when you have a popular music that is for popular people or or sort of the popular opinion, everybody thinks that everything else has to be that, right? But that's not the case. Like there's Burlington and then there's you, right? There's Versace and there's, you know, we talked about Salvo Row and then there's the cat, you know, at JCPenney's, right? Like, and I think what happens with jazz is that people want to hold it hostage to fit into all these different uh, narratives when it doesn't need to do that. And one of the things about jazz that got, got me was the fact that it was powerful and there was an indiv- individuality in the sound. So, it, what, you know, if I put on some, you know, pop music right now, it's predictable, it's consistent, and it's easy to, to 
to digest. Jazz is the exact opposite, but that's all the reasons why I love it, right? So I think, you know, for those that really love jazz, I find are people that are deeper thinkers, people that are readers, people who are really trying to kind of not be a part of the status quo um, versus I think those that like pop music, they want something more catchy. They don't, when they want to sit down and unwind, they don't want to have to think about something. And to be honest, I love all kind of music. Sometimes I come home and I'm a jazz musician and the last thing I want to listen to is jazz. <laughs> so, you know, because, it, because again, when I'm listening to jazz, I'm either studying it or I'm like in a really like focused but meditative place. Sure. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, it got me as a performer because I felt like as, jazz, as a jazz musician, it could teach you a thing about expression that other art forms don't teach you. Other art forms teach you how to be consistent and just play to the audience. Jazz teaches you about yourself and how to go deeper within yourself. So I've always been attracted to those kind of introspective art forms. Like I love art, I love writing, I love reading. Like anything that makes me have to really dial back and like go deeper, that's, you know, I've been that way since I was a kid. So totally. um, yeah, that's why I love jazz. And, and even then, because um, like I've got my phone out and like I said, I'm, like I listen to Sirius and the way my brain, like the directions of my brain, I've got 40s yeah. Junction, I've got real mm -hmm. jazz, and then I've got right. Octane. So like right. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go from like um I'll go from like a Duke Ellington like in like mm -hmm. 1927 and then I can go yeah. to like a Duke Ellington cover in a some yeah. like Los Angeles uh, uh uh jazz club in like 1978 and then I'll go to I'll switch on Star Set from 2020 like a brand like a heavy right. metal um but like you said like for individuals what's really cool and fun like when you when I've got real jazz on on the radio in the car these artists like if it's um uh, i'm trying to remember the uh the, the dj's name but the, it's miller time on real jazz uh -huh. marcus miller that's his name but marcus miller yeah. is the host how excited all the musicians get like when he'll have someone on and they'll say oh i'm with so and so this weekend and then right. next weekend i'm with so and so they are so right. excited to collaborate like with a drummer right. or a saxophone or trumpet and it's like these guys are so cool like there's the panache yeah. and they're so like who brings what kind of sound or what kind of again that, that panache and like the personality to a new song or a set that they might be playing and at yeah. the end of the day it's just so cool it's like going to a cigar yeah. lounge and right. all the conversations that you can have with so many people like you know i'm in my 30s and somebody right. else coming in and like you know a teenager or guys in like their 70s right. and retired whatnot um i got so into this i need to look back at the at the questions but yeah no you're absolutely right it's everybody bringing in yeah. uh, individual personalities and, and and also i think we have to one thing before your next question yeah. we have to make sure that we distinguish in society today particularly between fine art and popular art right and what's happening and i'll, and I'll keep it very very brief everybody again wants everything to be popular not if, you know like there's always going to be someone who loves italian food and someone who likes fast food mm -hmm. someone who likes you know, a sandwich from Subway and someone who goes to a delicatessen where they're slicing, you know, fresh pastrami, you know, whatever. Like, there's always going to be people who prefer high-end and people who prefer something that's, you know, uh, I, I won't say domesticated, but something that's sort of basic, you know. And I think what, what we should encourage people to do is try both. Hey, if you only like high-end delicatessen, go try a, a fast food sandwich so you know what, what you like. Or if you really love jazz, go check out a pop concert. So, I think the goal is to make sure we all are open to, to multiple experiences. Totally, totally. Um, I'm actually not even worried about the questions because we just answered about sure. half of the topics <laughs> that we had covered. So I'm going to say screw cool. some of these and kind of just like the jazz songs themselves, I'm going to go off the deep end a little bit here. So cool. 
you've got all these albums and you've had like you said like the Grammys uh, from uh, I've got your uh, the Global Music Awards your classic jazz and everything like all these mm -hmm. recognitions so what what inspires you like if you've got like a new sound in your mind that goes into a song that turns into an album um, it kind of like a normal question I would be in it with you know like what lights your wick in terms of just liking music to turning you into a musician um, and we I guess we can start with that like what started it and then to now like what has evolved i guess your ear into your mind to mm -hmm. to turn something and evolve it into a whole album like what was that process yeah. like i mean i i'm i'm addicted to creativity i mean even now during COVID, i'm still creating i mean i you know i have a, a camp for kids you know and we're and i'm addicted to helping them create so the idea of like what lights my wig is I have to be creating something every day, whether it's, you know, uh, like now I've really gotten into craft cocktail making and I, you know, when I'm making lunch or dinner for myself, it's like these full elaborate meals, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I can't be on stage right now or in the studio. So now it goes into the plate or it goes into, you know, making drinks or whatever. So I think that's the first thing is that any true artist, I think, and true creative mind, has to create no matter the scenario or, or the final uh, output, right? Like just because it's not gonna be on a stage or it's not gonna be on a record right now doesn't mean I stop creating, so that's one. Second, I have to have an idea that is incredibly um, rich that I can't let go of, you know, like, cause I, I get tons of ideas every day, right? So that the way that I decide about an album is an idea that just stays with me. You know, like one album that I, that, or the last one that I produced was called Songs of Freedom. And it's a tribute to Joni Mitchell, Nina Simone, and Abby Lincoln. And it's very much chronicling, you know, what we're going through now in the Black Lives Matter movement. And and uh, and so that idea has been had been with me at that point for like probably eight years. You know, uh, the book that I just wrote, the Brushes book, I've been working on playing Brushes for six, well, actually probably over 20 years. The business book that I've, that I, that's coming out in January, I've been writing it for 15 years. So everything for me that I create via albums or whatever, they're ideas that just sit with me. And then I think what happens in, in terms of when I turn it into a product is when it bubbles up and it becomes more than an idea and that idea turns into a concept and then that concept turns into a plan and then that plan turns into like, all right, now I have a budget, now, now let's do this. So it's, it, it just keeps building and building and then it's like, I can't move on until I do this. So then it becomes like a pregnancy where it's like, I cannot even think about, you know, any other kids or whatever. I gotta, I gotta like have this baby first. So that's kind of what gets me creatively, uh, happening. But you know, the wick, the wick is always lit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 as Robin Williams once said, it's that gland that you just can't turn off. Like in, in that, yeah, what, what right. he, got, like a, he called it voluntary Tourette's so like when he just goes and <laughs> creates and, God bless yeah. him. Like what he just goes and creates, right. and it's it's the same thing. Like um, when you had mentioned earlier about like you know there's you could create kind of for quantity, but when you create for the quality, um, and like I've talked right. to how many folks like we have the mutual acquaintances with Alec Bradley, and when I first right. have started working with folks like for their interviews, and I'll I'll tell uh, company wise for promotions, and I tell folks right. just so that you understand number one there is cursing that's allowed, but two I yeah. don't like. You know, you can be like a Twitch like gamer. I don't play every Friday. Right. I'm gonna create this right. because if I have this idea and I'm really gonna want to work at it, and then when I disseminate it and you know create, I want it to be right. unique. And when you it racks your brain to work with other people, but at the end of the day, you came up with something that you never would have thought 
yeah. you, you normally would have. Like, it, could, do you, have you done yeah. that with songs? Have you experienced it? Like, you, yeah, you thought, I mean, but then what you created? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have songs, you have projects. I mean, and then and then there's like when it actually is delivered. You know, the baby come, arrives. You're like, oh wow, like that's what that is. And then sometimes <laughs> it changes. You know, because in your mind you've been carrying around this thing forever, and then and then when it's time to flush it out, it's like, oh wow, that's very different than what I thought it was. You know, because sure. now it's hitting the air, and and that, and then you're bringing collaborators into it. So totally, uh, yeah, man, it's it's a whole process. Awesome. Um, normally, right about now, I would take a commercial, but I'm gonna no, we're gonna Power pass on that because there is just <laughs> cool. so there's just so much here, which cool. is awesome. Um, cool. getting these recognitions that you have, like whether it was the Grammys and um, mm-hmm. Knowing you, you will probably be a New York Times bestseller, if not already. Wow, I hey. received that. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, with, with, with everything that goes on, like when you get these phone calls, um, and, and it's just like whether it's you know like a podcast episode for me, or even now like a custom suit, because I've got a couple on the way, and now mm-hmm. it's like when your heart starts to go like that, and mm-hmm. like the, the end result, and now it's not your money anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've gotten these. I have a feeling that you're not really the kind of person who, maybe I'm wrong, I often am. Um, is it validation or is it just, you know, you, you followed your heart and it happened to happen? And, like, what are those phone calls like? What are those yeah. emails like? What is it's, it? It's, it's all of those things. I mean, I you know, when I first got the Grammy recognition with Kurt, I didn't know what, I mean, I didn't even know what the hell it really was going to do for my career. I was just happy. First of all, I was happy that Kurt Elling asked me to record an album with him, mm-hmm. right? And then I was happy that it was going to be an album on a major record label. So that was like, I, I already like had been validated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because here's a here's a, a wonderful artist who is respected around the world and he wants me to work with him and he wants me to record with him. And, and jazz, that's really huge because what happens in jazz is you have a lot of people who just go, they'll ask you to go on the road all day, but they won't really ask you to go in the studio. So I was already validated. So the Grammy was just the icing on the cake. To your point about what goes through my head, I'm not addicted to the validation. I'm addicted to the work, right? Like the, the work for me is what matters. Like for instance, I'm excited about publishing the book. So if the book makes it to New York best time, you know, best uh, seller or whatever, great. But like, I'm already happy because I had this idea that I've been carrying for 15 years. And not only do I get to birth it, but I now get to birth it and be published, which is incredibly affirming that somebody, you know, I'm a new writer. I, I've, I started really taking writing writing seriously about three to five years ago. There are people who write for 20 years and never get published. My first real book or both of my first books both got published by major publishing companies. So that is already the affirmation. So, yeah, man, I, I, when those calls come, they're great. But all my awards, like, I mean, all the Grammys, that all goes to my mom's house. <laughs> None of that, none of that. The only thing I have in my house is I have my, my book, like my first brush book. I have it like on my desk because um, it just it was such a blood, sweat and tears battle to get that done. So I have it there like, dude, you completed this. But all the any major award that I have, have at all that I've ever accomplished, it's all at my parents' house. They have rooms with my sister is also very successful. They have rooms where all of our awards and stuff. But I don't even want to see it because for me, I want to keep getting stuff and I want to keep like doing more work so um yeah it doesn't so, yeah, it so doesn't really matter to me no laurels allowed just under lock and key it's cool now on to the next right yes yeah, yeah it's like great like like for me now it's like okay i've been fortunate to help several people win grammys now i want to win a grammy for a project that i conceive and that i create and again not because i want to be ulysses that won a grammy but so that i can create other projects 
and bring on other artists because the more awards you get, the more people are like, wow, we'll take a chance on him. So for me, I want to be able to create more stuff. Um, and the more awarded you are, then people will be willing to fund things and it becomes a little easier to do what it is you want to do. Totally, totally. Uh, the book, is it going to be in print or is it going to be in e Yes, in print. Yeah, nice. so it's um, actually uh, the Skyhorse Publishing Company has released it, and then it's going to be distributed by Simon and Schuster. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so that, so I'm really excited about that. So it's going to be all over the place, and it comes out January 2021. I'm not getting one until I get an autograph in it, just so that we're on the oh, same God. page. I'll okay. send one to you. <laughs> Sweet. No, I will. I'm going to pre-order that. I'm trying to. Well, hey, you got to bring me back on the show, and we could talk all about the book. Done. Say when. If, 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 <laughs> if we had a conversation, folks are going to be hearing a little bit more Ulysses Owens Jr. on the podcast. Yeah. So hey, hell, hell yeah! <laughs> um, and, and for for all that acumen and for all that resume, you know, you're you're a, you've mm -hmm. been you know your talents tapped for you know curation, you know, to be a curator, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a director for um, just classes and for everything. To go into these positions that you're requested in for, you know, for your mindset and to convey that information mm -hmm. to others, how is that? And like, how do you like? What were the positions that you had, you know, you were asked to go into? How was it? And you know, the outcome of these projects. How is that feeling? You know, for the mind, for your heart, and for these new projects. And you know, if if one mm -hmm. day a family man and all this kind of, you know, all these things yeah. to get to get that spread all that information. How how was that feeling for you? I mean, it's amazing. Like, I'm in the position right now. My um, high school that I went to is one of the uh, large. It's one of the largest and most successful high school of the arts in the southeast, and one of the top performing arts high schools in the country. Um, they just asked me to come on board and really help them as it pertains to reshaping the vision and also the the culture of the school and with a new diversity focus. Given again everything going on, and to your point, like when I walked in the room, it's a lot. It's like wow, like I'm here, you know but I'm also ready for it. And one of the things I, I take confidence in, it has taken me a long time to like get asked to do things because I'm a drummer. And also in some cases I've been looked over or in some cases there were others that were lobbying for, for opportunities more so than me. So by the time people started calling and asking me to get to the room, I was already well seasoned and ready. So when I walk in the room, I walk in incredibly confident. I walk in very humble because I'm honored for, you know, even like with you wanting me to do this podcast, literally everything someone wants me to do, I am incredibly honored and I'm incredibly humble because none of this is anything I would have ever imagined. So when people ask me to walk in the room, I first walk in with my humility and then I also walk in with that desire to help and to serve. So I feel like with those qualities, whatever, you know, whatever is positive is possible because I, I'm just, I'm a vessel and I want to make, uh, a great impact on whatever I choose to do or whatever I'm, I'm chosen to do, I should say. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and again, like through mutual acquaintances and for yeah. me wanting to learn more about, like I said, like the structure of it and like, yeah. you know, I tried to teach myself Photoshop, for example, and I, told <laughs> my, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give myself two weeks. I lasted yeah. two hours. So, <laughs> for, for, so for someone to do like 50 albums and for all the, you know, the, the yeah. meritorious recognitions and everything that you had yeah. going on, which is amazing. And I will say also, um, I stopped at, um, I have one of my first custom suits up on the door, and um, I stopped at my first high school, um, and mm -hmm. 
the president, I'm having breakfast with the president, and he said, uh, I want you to get in touch with this gentleman. He teaches an entrepreneurship class. And I said, oh, yeah. cool. Like, I didn't yeah. I didn't leave the, cl the school because I wanted to, okay? Yeah. So, but I'm like, oh, wow, like, I'll, I'll have something to say that I graduated from here, like, with a certificate of entrepreneurship. But then I thought yeah. about it, and I said, wait a minute, Mr. Chandler, I said, do you want me to attend this class, or am I, are you asking me to teach yeah. this class? He's like, no, 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 yeah. I want you to teach this class. I'm See? like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so I go. It's a whole opposite side of the campus, and the the teacher gets introduced to me, and he said, uh, "There's five minutes before class ends," and he said, uh, "Do you feel like talking to the students right now?" And I said, "No." <laughs> I just, like, honestly, I was like, no. Like, I'm I'm wearing like one of my favorites, like three piece suits. It pops, and I'm like, no. Like, I I don't have a curriculum, <laughs> nothing. So. But, you know, coming from, you know, working at UPS management, working at Amazon, and just, like, yeah, my yeah, brain yeah. is, he's like, there's five minutes left for class to end, you know, just say a couple words to them. Walk yeah. into the class, and I said, uh, and this, this, the point of the story is to your ultimate credit. Uh, he said, you know, this is Kevin Quinn, K. Quinn Custom, da da da, da and he mm -hmm. said, say a few words. And I said, um, guys, ladies, gentlemen, I said, you're going to pay a lot of money for textbooks. And yeah. in all of those textbooks, you're not going to see a single chapter that just says, be kind to others. There's a lot of bullshit in the world, and you're going to deal yeah. with a lot of bullshit if one day you decide to make some kind of an enterprise out of yeah. an endeavor. But being nice to people, being friendly to people, you know, and I've told people in other podcasts, yeah. you, know, you didn't have to answer the email, so I appreciate it. No biggie. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, in, in continuing on to inspire like younger folks, and whether it's through knowledge, yeah, yeah. whether it's through music, which... You know, entrepreneurship in various capacities is one thing, but again, to convey yeah. music, I remember yeah. being in seventh grade tapping on a drum once, and, yeah. and, and you yeah. you wanted to be like an expert. And when he's like, yeah. and then you you did it, and it was like, nah, yeah. like I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll just listen to the album. I'm all good. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to people trying jazz, whether yeah. maybe they liked it, maybe they didn't care, maybe they didn't yeah. like it, um, and even if they are younger, maybe they are older yeah. and they just want to, you know, maybe it was something that their grandparents listened to, who knows, right. whatever. What would be some advice maybe that you might say to someone wanting to dabble into it and maybe even like some artists that maybe – um, like I said, like I might go for like a Duke Ellington or a Glenn Miller yeah. just because that's how I roll, or something yeah. a little bit more contemporary. What would be your advice either to someone who wants to be maybe more interested in just the music, or maybe even something as a career? Uh, the first thing I would say is like wine, right? I'm really, really into wine. I actually had a friend over uh, last night, and we were talking about how we got into wine. Uh, when I first tasted wine, I thought it was terrible because at that point, my palate had only been, you know, used to like sweet tea and, you know, sweet drinks and whatever. But um, someone told me the same thing. They said, if you want to get into wine, because I said, I want to get into wine. What do I know? They said, find what you like first. Right. So I would say the same thing with jazz. We are living in a Google society. If you want to get into jazz, I would say to someone, what do you want? And somebody may say, well, I think I just want something to study with Google. What is some good jazz records to study with? Right. And I'll pile of stuff is going to come up on Google or go on Spotify and put in, you know, easy jazz to listen to and see what pops up. And I'm sure out of that 10 songs, you know, if a hundred pop up within that first three to four songs, you're going to find something that piques your interest. Start with that and maybe just listen to that song over and over again. And then you say, man, well, who was that? Well, that was Dave Brubeck. Well, okay. Well, mm -hmm. if you like Dave Brubeck, have you checked out 
you know, uh, Ahmed Jamal, whatever. And just maybe you say, I only like piano jazz. So I think, you know, same with wine. I think the first wine that I, that was palatable to me was Cabernet, you know, Sauvignon. So like, so I was like, all right, well, I like cabs. So then people would be like, well, if you like cabs, maybe you should try Pinot. Well, if you like Pinot, try Tempranillo. And then you just go on and on and on. So I think what's important is to start with what, what you know or what you think you know and then get that solidified and then go from there or just start with what you know and just check that out like my father he loves coming to my shows but he really loves more fusion jazz so he loves like the crusaders the yellow jackets ramsey lewis and that's really all he listens to and that's okay so i think the the last thing i'll say people should not feel pressure to like it like maybe you may check it out still not like it cool you know uh, but yeah, I think I think try to try to find something you dig, you know, sure. that's connected to you. Number one, you made me really thirsty, and two, um, <laughs> that is the great thing about jazz though is that there's so much, like yeah, you, know, that, you know, and, it, and where where each individual it goes back to whether it's an individual like yourself or mm-hmm. individuals that form the collaborations or um, and also I happen to put my suits on to take five by Dave Rubeck. Oh, nice. Uh, just nice. Ugh, just yeah. can't get enough of it. <laughs> but there's so many different flavors, and it's, you know, when I first started working with Alec Bradley, that was all I smoked. And in fact, like 98% yeah. of my humidor right now by happenstance happens to be Alec Bradley. But I was like, nice. you know what, like I'm really doing my myself and my palate a disservice by only doing one. Yeah. So to develop kind of like your mental, your mental palate and your yeah. ear, it's like, well what's got a, a something of a beat to it or even like how like right. um there was like that subliminal messaging thing with music that would help you study yeah. and do work around the house i mean all these different flavors and you know if you like chocolate yeah. if you like vanilla if you like uh rocky yeah. road my god you know just trying new things and yeah um, even when i'm going to be designing uh, an outfit tonight i'm going to have something probably going in the background so even if there's yeah. some background noise no right yeah. answers, just different right ones, you know. So it's... yeah, and it's mood, and and like music is mood based. Like I would even say for you, like when you start doing your stuff tonight, go on, like man, I love Spotify. Um, go on, type in like Brazilian jazz, mm-hmm. and man, I man, you could, you know, you may have a whole different experience with Brazilian jazz that adds a whole new flavor of how you style or how you prepare to put together a suit just by the energy that comes from that record, you know. So I yeah man I think people should try something new if they wake up every day with rock music try to wake up wake up with some fusion music whatever I think people just should be open totally yeah absolutely um, and again just it's it and even that you know a full bodied cigar in the morning it it blows my mind yeah. to have a cigar in the morning but at least for yeah. for jazz it's yeah it gets the blood flowing it's revitalizing yeah. it's reinvigorating and in in the car if you had a good day if you had a shitty day it's, it's yeah get yeah. the emotions flowing. Um, now I'm sorry. I'm curious. What are you smoking? What what Alec Brett? Because I'm about to order some more. I what am, are you smoking? I am totally out. So, uh, ja, wow, that's embarrassing. Uh, Jonathan Walsh, he's my go-to yeah. for the ordering. Otherwise, yeah. I try to leave the guys alone because they have a new release yeah. coming. Um, right now, I have got my last few Mundials left. Um, I've got a couple Lars Tetons in there. Um, and then I've got. What's that? Of, I don't think I've tried that. So Lars, uh, they uh, Lars is credited with innovating the uh, fused cigar, uh, not like 
like infused, like injected, but like there's a conditioning process and there's a, uh, I forgot the terminology for it. I apologize, guys. It's just been a long day, but um, yeah. they, it's very expensive ingredients and there is a conditioning process to the tobacco. Wow. So like, um, I haven't had it yet, but uh, there's the SS, which is uh, sweet and spicy. Um, it's, okay. it's kind of tipped. I think Bradley is a bigger fan of it, and um, I like. Nice. I haven't quite had it, but um, I smoked uh, his Steampunk the other day. It's pretty good, and even without, I think Alan has said it in uh, in interviews where the cigars themselves are great even without the infusions. Um, so, but those are quite good. And then otherwise, wow. um, I've got uh, the Mundial. I've got a few of those left. Um, a few Magic Toasts. Um, if you want yeah. more of a fuller bodied. Um, you go for a magic toast and then a, a handful of lineage, but um, okay. You said lineage. I, uh, lineage, yep. I believe that was developed by uh, Alan Rubin's dad and I think uh, their former um, VP of business, uh, George Sosa, uh, his father. I think they collaborated on that just as if this is the right philosophy to which cigar, but they wanted something that was a fuller bodied, like an older school cigar. So they made that wow. into, the, into the lineage. Magic Toast, I'm super proud. I did a commercial for Magic Toast. Nice. Um, it was a, um, I literally had it sound like the way Alan describes the story, like they were in, yeah. if it was in Nicaragua, um, just late one night, they thought they were going to go into the, uh, they were going to go right to the hotel or uh, wherever they were yeah. sent, or to the factory, I should say. And instead, they went right to the field because the workers told Alan, "Hey, we have something here that's really special for you." Wow. So okay. it's it's nighttime. It's 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 a darker, um, darker wrapper. Definitely a little bit more full bodied. I hadn't smoked a cigar. This was maybe two years ago or so. Uh, maybe like, maybe like a year and a half ago. I hadn't smoked a cigar in about four months, and then I had a magic toast. Oof. <laughs> that's a heavy yeah I, that's that doesn't I happen right now my humidor i have a lot of magic toast and it's a it's a good cigar but it's a heavy cigar yeah yeah it's, so i can't I, smoke that anymore, and i'm not yeah. a punk about my cigars but that was like yeah yeah ooh, but like uh but yeah, yeah. i uh, i specifically asked it i'm like hey if i can get like some post embargo um yeah if you haven't had them yet uh between the blind faith and um i love blind faith yeah good stuff and then um Oh God, it's a gatekeeper. I was gonna say it's only the the. the oh, cover. I gotta man, you got all man. It's all this stuff you got me. Check. I gotta write these down. Oh, gatekeeper. gatekeeper is phenomenal. And uh, okay, for two uh, two guys into music, the cover band uh, the band art on uh, Gatekeeper is one of the most heavy metal bands I've ever seen on a cigar. Nice. <laughs> and you said a large. You said a large Teton. Yeah, yeah, Lars Teton's. Uh, he's a man. He's a brand, and he uh, the infused cigars. Those are pretty darn good. Um, and then, and there was another one. It was Lars Teton and another something. The other, the second one you said. Was uh, so yeah, between uh, Lars Tetons and then the rest are just some uh, some like Bradley's. There's uh, the Mundial, um, yeah, Magic Toast, and then Lineage. All Lineage, yeah. yeah. But there was another one you said like Scream, or it was some kind of weird name. It, might it was the Lars Teton. It might have oh um so steampunk and then uh, SS. yeah steampunk yeah okay cool sorry man I had no because I know good. you like smoked the cigars I was like I got I gotta ask him like you know. Ho hopefully yeah, at least right. now this way like besides the commercial at least now I'm making them some money on the side hopefully yeah so man, hey and and you know we can tell them we talked about them for a part of the podcast yeah hell yeah <laughs> just you know if you guys need my address uh, Jonathan yeah, or right. Alan <laughs> Alec any of the guys if you need my address just let me know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna be wrapping it up probably in a little bit. Cool. But like you were saying before, um, you know, 
philanthropy and helping yeah. out, you know, being, you know, leadership to younger, uh, younger yeah. people and just helping the community in general. Um, you and your family, I believe it was, you established yeah. uh, the Don't Miss a Beat, Inc. Yeah. Um, what was it? What planted that seed and how has it been going so far and how can folks maybe get more involved? Man, so Don't Miss a Beat is a brainchild of my family and I. Um, years ago when I was at Juilliard, um, um, they had us go to San Jose, Costa Rica. And we were there doing a, a, a performance at their cultural center. And I, I never forget, everywhere else we had gone had been these big concert halls or you know all that kind of stuff. This was different. Like we walked into what felt like somebody's living room and you had all these families coming in. They were bringing Tupperware dishes and you know, they were talking, they were laughing. And then they were like checking us out together. The concert was free and it, it always stuck out to me. I was like, man, like I want to have that like in Jacksonville. And so it was just, it was like, I experienced it. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. And then, um, ye- what I graduated in 06. I moved back to Florida cause I was broke. I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. Um, because again, as a jazz musician, you know, you, it takes time. You have to like, you know, cut your teeth, whatever. So I moved back to Florida and I started a school, uh, like a music school, just at my parents, like studio, like behind their house. Like I was just teaching about 10 or 15 students and there was a lot of crime happening in Jacksonville, which has actually sort of resurged. But anyway, what's happening. And, and I was like, what can we do? Like, how, what, you know, how can we solve this problem? And so I went to my family and we were full of educators and business people, um, all of us had either worked in the capacity of building something really big in education or business or finance. So I literally gathered my family around in my mom's kitchen and, and we, we, you know, we're family of faith. We had prayer. And I said, we are supposed to be doing something bigger than what we're doing now. Um, we had built a lot of youth ministries for church and, um, and I was like, and no shade to them, but basically if you leave the church, then everything that you put in it stays with the church. So I was like, I think we need to do something. So my mother said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I've always wanted to create something for youth because I feel like youth is really where the investment should go because if we put it into them, they will ensure our tomorrow. And so my mother says, great. So I was like, what if we came up with Don't Miss a Beat? Because basically what was happening was a lot of the children that were committing crime or people committing crime were children who had gone to school, dropped out because they had been suspended. And um, when they went back to school to try to like, get their grades happening, they couldn't because they had been so far behind. Well, they dropped out. Well, those dropouts were statistically where a lot of the crime was being created from. So I was like, well, why don't we create an organization where those kids will come to us while they're suspended, we would help them with their work and motivate them, and then they wouldn't miss a beat and they could go back to school and graduate. Well, we didn't get funded. So we were like, damn, like, okay, what do we do next? So my mom happened to find a bid for a summer camp. And uh, we said, okay, wow, like, let's check the summer camp, you know, idea. Basically, we would put some kids uh, together and create a model. And so my mom said, well, what do you think we should do? I said, well, what if we did like a music and art summer camp? And at the end, we put on a musical, like an original musical. And so we set up in the projects and we did, we did it for eight weeks. And during the whole time, there was no crime in the projects. So the city was like, what the heck, you know, what did you guys do? I said, well, first of all, we united the people. We came there. We gave, you know, kids something to do. We, you know, we didn't make people feel less than or whatever. And we made it fun. And as a result of it, they were like, man, we love it. Go do it in another neighborhood. And so now here we are 12 years later. We have two community art centers. We have after school programming. Uh, the summer camp, we're actually in the middle of it now. We're in our 12th one. 
Um, and now I have partnerships with all kinds of schools and we're doing um, great things. And, and what it really is doing is uh, creating a pipeline positively for kids to be successful because people don't understand there's a negative pop, uh, pipeline for most students that, that fit into a certain demographic. Like they're gonna get arrested at a certain age or they're gonna fail a grade or they're gonna do this negative and then you know, they get a, you know, this little charge and that charge turns into this and then three strikes are out and now somebody's serving a sentence for forever, right? Sure. So, but there's a, there was a path to that. Well, just like there's a negative path, there's a positive path. Somebody inspired you, somebody told you about suits or you saw somebody wear a suit then all of a sudden you started wearing suits, then you started making them. So I just basically have done the same thing for kids positively. I've created a positive pipeline um, where I start at the ages of five. Um, really, I have, a, I have a toddler program, but, uh. but I have a, a, a program at the age five, and then it goes till the, they graduate high school to 18. So I'm tracking a kid from elementary school, then I get them into a good middle school and then a good high school, and then they can go to college. And or even if they don't go to college, they can then – help their community sure. so yeah man totally. it's a it's a full-time gig <laughs> I, I i get but that I image of uh from the jack black like the school of rock when like they find very they, much like, they yeah. school and there's like <laughs> the little ones and he's like come on, you can but but the point of it is it's you know the deep diving and getting right. tr triggering right. that brain and planting the Absolutely. seed and creative juices flowing and um, yeah, like you'll you'll have like you know, my inspirations. I have some that are negative, and I have some that are positive. Right. Uh, but right. the feedback that I get, that's where like that gratification is. And then, um, right. like I said, I got a text. To, you know, I'll I'll have texts from people like, I need a suit for a wedding. To I need a replica suit of my grandfather's and or my great great grandfather. Right. And I'm like, shit. Right. Like okay, like there's something right. that you never would have thought coming. But uh, right, right. Ulysses, you're awesome. Um, and then just to bring Thank it you, on man. back to everything yeah. else. Everything that's going on in your life, you get the last word. What 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 was going on? <laughs> the, the, you got the books, you got you got the albums. Where can people just get get yeah. their Ulysses fix? I mean, here's well, here's what I here's what matters to me most. I'm waking up every day, one trying to stay alive and stay healthy and stay happy. So I think that if anybody doesn't remember anything that I said. Find what you love, find who you love, be purposed. And if you find that purpose, your life will be a lot easier. It's not gonna be it's not gonna not be challenging, but it will be a lot easier if you are aware of what you wanna do. Because I find that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those that are kind of waiting on life to happen, and then there are those that are happening to life. And the ones that are happening to life are much happier because they found their purpose. So I would say to those listening, find that thing that makes you tick that if you never got paid anything for it, you still would do it. That is your purpose. That's awesome, man. I thank you so much for your time. I thank you so much for your words and your insight, folks. This was Ulysses Owens Jr., amazing thank talent, you, incredible human being, and I'm thankful so thank much you. for you. Folks, uh, check him out online. Um, have a listen to some tunes and have an Alec Bradley yeah. cigar. All at the same yes. Time. Hopefully they'll shoot us both some. Hey, uh, in the hey and, and a Glenn and a Glenn Fittick bottle. You know, I, I I do some stuff for Glenn Fittick. Got my I got my bottle <laughs> of twelve right here on the corner. Yeah. Hold on, let me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I haven't had cool. that maybe since Vegas of last year at, at the uh, IPCPR slash PCA. Yeah. I know what I'm having tonight. I, I tend to. Uh, I think my gentleman will understand that if I had the the 
killed off a couple brain cells in the process, the shit will be a little bit more jazzy at the same time. That's right, awesome. brother. I gotta get so some Thanks for having me. Folks, I gotta click the button. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay styled and stay true to you. Take care.